Today on Refried Reviews, we watch a movie that's just for me. someone reached into their brain it reached into my brain and like <laughs> fused together all the shit i like uh-huh. into one unique cinematic package <laughs> you got um you got fucking uh catholic imagery mm-hmm. you got fast cars you got gunplay you got a lot of nudity yeah. you got nicholas cage <laughs> and you got guitar rock uh-huh. and also the south um <laughs> It did seem like tasty guitar licks were driving a lot of this movie forward. (laughs) (laughs) The correct term is crunchy guitar licks. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so welcome back to Refried Reviews. Um, I'm John. I'm JP. And... I I think you owe me a thank you because I got you to watch Drive Angry, um, Uh which... Ooh, so, so good. So good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I was I was thankful that the 3D Blu-ray was affordable, so I was able to watch it properly twice. Uh, yeah, I still have never seen it in 3D, and uh. I really, really should because this movie it begs. Like when he's when when those shots of Nicolas Cage firing a gun and bullets are flying at the screen, uh-huh. like obviously they they this is this is how i like my 3d uh, there's a lot of fun gags uh technologically it's not one of the the best i've seen oh no the cg looks like basic cable shit well, i mean 3d wise oh um there's like some breakup and stuff like uh, that yeah gotcha i was sad to see that it was filmed in 3d and it wasn't the greatest representation of it no that's kind of a shame yeah. but uh yeah i mean it's it was fun and totally serviceable though like yeah. it totally worked i mean in every respect this movie is not mad max fury road <laughs> um but it's got cars and so and uh you know some of the most fun car physics i've ever seen <laughs> you mean when that truck at the very beginning hits Nicolas cage's car and just flips over as his does not move that was the main part one and then uh when the accountant goes off the bridge and there's like three different shots of the same car going off three different ways. Like they had a lot of fun launching that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but who cares? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So drive angry, uh, was a 2011, uh, Nicholas cage vehicle that, uh, vehicle cause cars, (laughs) um, that flew under a lot of people's radar. I mean, I remember reading about it when it came out and people going, wow, actually, this movie's pretty fucking dope. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, just kind of filing it away. And it kind of passed without any notice, just like your average, you know, Jason Statham vehicle. <laughs> um, and then it, uh, it, you know, it kind of went away. And then one night uh, I was hanging out just looking for something to watch and I saw it on Amazon. I was like, you know what? I will watch Drive Angry because uh-huh. I heard good things. And like, one of the things I want to talk about today is our uh, culture's complicated relationship with Nicolas Cage. Uh-huh. Because um, <laughs> I, I don't like him as much as I root for him. 
Okay. You know, like cause... when you say you don't like him, you mean as a person or as an actor? Like the performance. I don't okay. know. I mean, he might be perfectly nice. He might. Oh. He might have a fuck dungeon. Well, I'm I don't just know. Curious. And not not even everybody with the fuck dungeons all bad. <laughs> if it's a consensual fuck dungeon, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think he's big enough, like to be in the Tom Cruise category of like there's a persona and there's the yeah. performances. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And everything I've heard about his persona is just fine. Like I've never heard anybody say he was a bad dude, mm-hmm. but. He makes, he's, would you agree with the following statement? Nicolas Cage is very rarely a bad actor, but he's often in very bad movies. Uh, I mean, I, I think I would agree with the second part and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love, like, I, he's been in many things that I love. Like, I, I think that he can be a great actor. I think. Yeah that he's sort of freed up in a way a lot of people can't be. <laughs> and it's sort of, he's kind of like the fire hose where whether it's the director or the right script or, I mean, maybe he's difficult on some movies and not on others. I have yeah. no idea. But it does seem like his power can be harnessed in very particular ways and some people don't know how to do it at all. So it's kind of like having the Hulk on the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, he's just, you know, hopefully he punches the right stuff. <laughs> if not, he might hit you. Um, yeah. You don't have any control over whether that happens, <laughs> so just let it go. Yeah, so it's. I, I wouldn't say I think he's a bad actor, but I do think that he can be totally unhinged, like, sort yeah. of if he's on the wrong thing or, or being yeah. watched over by the wrong person. What did you think of him in this movie? Uh, I thought it totally fit in this movie. Um I, I thought thematically it fit that I read in the backstory that in the script it's more like a 70-year-old guy. Mm. And then sort of when Nicolas Cage wanted to become involved, it was like, oh, maybe age doesn't matter so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this it's, one of the things I love about this movie is just how like exploitation-y it is and how in love with like 70s car culture movies it is. <laughs> like this movie is very indebted to the satanic panic of the late 70s and early 80s and mm-hmm. 70s and 80s car movies like mm-hmm. there are all those devil movies that came out i think william shatner was in one in the 70s um where he was like facing down a cult and basically you know, this this movie loves those like i right. don't think this movie could exist in a pre-robert rodriguez pre-grindhouse world <laughs> um and Grindhouse came in and I came out in I think like 2007 or so. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that four years later we'd get this. Do you remember the movie Death Proof is like references all the time and it took the car from and stuff? Uh, you're saying Drive Angry took the car from Death Proof? No, no, no. I'm asking. Do you remember from Death Proof, like the the movie they mention repeatedly? Oh, in uh, the movie Death Proof, Vanishing Point. Yes, that yeah. I did think of that movie a lot hmm. when I was watching Drive Angry, which hmm. sort of goes with what you're saying. I've never like, seen Vanishing Point. Oh, really? Yeah. It's. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to call it a good movie, but it, it's Fair. certainly a, a unique experience. Yeah, and kind of similarly lives in its own world, where like it doesn't even quite make sense or seem like reality yeah but seems consistent <laughs> yeah yeah i mean this this is definitely this movie almost kind of takes place in a music video uh-huh. <laughs> um, i think that's the best way to put it is like people just doing stuff because it's badass like even amber heard's character her willingness to go along with uh with uh milton because his name's john milton right did you get it <laughs> um i couldn't even call it a character arc because she does just sort of decide yeah um, because, you know, this is one of those movies where, like, badassitude is a currency. 
and people <laughs> people are drawn to it in the way that they are in action movies and often act in irrational ways when in, when in its presence mm-hmm. like you know if 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 in our reality if i was walking down the street and nicholas cage was just like i need you to come with me because <laughs> i have a righteous task and i clawed my way back from hell to uh to to uh, accomplish it i'd be like no i have a job um <laughs> a man walks out of the forest <laughs> yeah to fix your car <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard the legends of the Louisiana forest car fixer <laughs> or the Colorado car fixer, I guess, because the beginning definitely takes place in Colorado, mm-hmm. not Louisiana. Uh-huh. That's not Louisiana. Right. Shut up, JP. It's not Louisiana. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, so let's so let's get into this. Um, the movie starts with a monologue from a voice I'm gathering based on what you told me before we got on mic that you did not recognize at first. <laughs> no, I did not. But you now know was William Fickner in in my opinion, the role of his career <laughs> as the accountant. It was definitely a playground that was well-suited for uh, his abilities. He was having so much fun. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. But basically, it opens with this badass muscle car busting out of hell, um, <laughs> which makes this the second movie for me to have to ask this question. Is it metal? <laughs> it is metal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So metal. Um, and then the next thing you know, there's some guys driving a pickup truck in Colorado, not Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, I, I actually, so I wrote down in the opening scene, basically, Nicolas Cage's character chases these dudes down. Um, and we know that they know something uh, about someone that they've taken and Nicolas Cage wants to know what they know. So he's willing to kill them to do it. And I actually like think this is a really well done scene. Um, it's super economical. There's no exposition dump. Mm-hmm. Um, the action's really cool and visceral. Like it lets you know when he blows off that guy's hand with a shotgun exactly how like murder physics work in this world. <laughs> Into the screen is where limbs go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and you know it 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 made that point in a cool way and uh, and also like gave you everything you needed to know about his quest. To keep the movie going. And let you know whether you would like this movie. Yeah. In the opening scene, which I always think is polite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I didn't think about that, but it is. they did kind of do us a courtesy. Um, yeah, and I, 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 just, I just wanted to remark upon that. I thought it was a very well done first scene. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were you in at this point? So, uh, I guess, to back up, can you tell us your relationship with Drive Angry before this? <laughs> I knew very little about it, uh, sort of as as you said, I, it flew under the radar, like I remember it sort of, I remember the poster for it with Nicolas Cage and that it came out, but I was stunned that it was 2011, like that it was that long ago. Yeah. Um, and I think I had the reaction that a lot of people had when I, when I sort of heard the I heard some version of the plot summary, and it was like, "Oh, that that sounds like something I would have seen." Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so I, I think I don't know if they didn't spend enough getting the, you know, getting the message out or what, but I, I sort of was unaware of it. Yeah, and after I sort of heard what it initially was, I, I stayed away from more information. So I mean, I guess spoilers. We always every episode mention <laughs> that we're yeah. going to destroy it, but uh, what I knew about it was it was like Nicolas Cage breaks out of hell or has to break into hell or something about saving his daughter or granddaughter. So I had a vague idea of what it was, Yeah, but that was it. And he was the only cast member I was aware of. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, it's I I knew sort of the kind of movie it was supposed to be yeah. based on the plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I made you watch it twice yeah. in two weeks. Um, <laughs> I bet you had more fun than I did uh, watching The Fountain. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> still not letting that go. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. This this is if there was like a mathematical opposite of The Fountain, <laughs> I think this movie's it. Um, this movie is not concerned with anything the fountain is concerned with. Right. Yeah, it felt a little more shallow the second time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I kind of got, yeah, I got what it was going for the first time, I guess is what I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I was the first time I saw it so fucking flabbergasted <laughs> that this movie existed that one, that I, I actually had a, maybe a better time watching it the second time or i was able to more accurately appraise it because the shock had worn off mm-hmm. of like good god they filmed this <laughs> all of this well i think sim- similarly to fury road like you can dig in and you see a lot more detail and stuff yeah sort of when you already know where it's going and all yeah. that kind of stuff though this I, movie has not nearly the depth of fury road <laughs> let's be real like i'm not trying to make that case <laughs> well i guess I, I mean i'm just still talking about the fountain i guess in terms of huh. i guess there there wasn't a change of thrust in how i saw this movie the yeah. second time like it was just, just like, absorbing yep, more of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> this remains awesome <laughs> I uh, one of the things that I I thought in the opening scene mm-hmm. was that uh, this movie seemed to like T two quite a bit. Yeah, and then that <laughs> seemed I I had a few moments that I felt like were confirmation throughout it. So did that yeah. sort of stand out to you? Um, the, it, like it, a, the love of shooting the double barrel shotgun. You know, it didn't. But now that you mention it, yeah, like <laughs> even to the point where later uh, John Milton gets shot in the eye. And then he basically T-1000s back together very slowly. (laughs) Um, I mean, there's a thing of him lying on the ground and being beaten with a bar in his back. Yeah. Uh, There's a thing where the windshield is shot out and he has to reach forward and kind of knock it out of the way, like in the T-1000 style. That happens. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of Terminator 2 shit in this. Yeah, that sort of occurred to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've only seen Terminator 2 like twice. Um, oh wow! And one time, yeah, only once, like as an adult, really able to like appraise it. Huh? Um, yeah, I'm so, surprised you grew up in the '90s. <laughs> I grew up in the '90s with a really religious family. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to like go to my pr- friend with permissive parents' uh, uh. house to watch shit like that. <laughs> and even then, just Terminator Two just got by me. Um, which is why I have a very minority opinion on Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Terminator's better. Um, Terminator has definitely grown on me over the years. Of it does some incredible things with very little. Yeah, like, the I, car chase is amazing. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I just th- I think the script's tighter, and I I personally really do not respond to the John Connor father figure Terminator story. Uh-huh. Like, it, just, it just doesn't land for me. Yeah, I think the pacing and the action is impeccable, and it has major signs of where James Cameron's writing was going Yeah, in terms of we can lose most of this <laughs> and it's counterproductive at times. Yeah. Yeah. Terminator two, uh, just to digress for a moment because it's fascinating <laughs> is like such a weird time in cinema where we were kind of marketing R rated action films to kids. Uh-huh. Like Terminator two <laughs> is R. Um, I believe, is there nudity in it? I want to say there's boobs in it. Um, um... I don't remember. In some cuts, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if there are, but there's definitely, like, a whole lot of blood and gore. Oh, yeah. And action figures. <laughs> the movie had action figures. Uh-huh. Um, 
fucking weird. Like, Toxic Avenger had action figures. <laughs> weird. What were we doing? Anyway, this movie. Toxic Avenger disturbed me a lot more as a kid than Terminator 2 did. Oh, yeah, no. It disturbs me more <laughs> as an adult. Um, it's a fucked up movie. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, we, we get this opening scene, and uh, then, you know, the, the titles of... Uh, uh, and then we cut to this diner where we meet Amber Heard, and she's just working at Stereotypes di- Bar and Grill <laughs> uh, um, with, you know, a fat guy who wants her to get back to work and also wants to touch her vagina. Sure. Um, those are the two things that he wants out of his relationship with Amber Heard. <laughs> we know she's got a guy that's not that great at home. Like, she's, she's a walking cliche, but I still really like her and uh and i'm interested in her because she's amber heard's a pretty talented performer and she's a little firecracker well i think there are a lot of cliches in this movie but it sort of blows through them so quickly yeah (laughs) that it never quite feels uh formulaic or anything like that yeah it's 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 very much the robert rodriguez school of filmmaking where once as soon as you realize something didn't work you're on to the next thing And just don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Um, so she's working, uh, and then Nicolas Cage comes in and sits and sits down in the corner. The other waitress goes over, and he, she just straight up propositions him, which is what <laughs> the introduction to a, a trope this movie has, undead Nicolas Cage's bizarre animal magnetism. <laughs> like, he meets one girl in this whole movie that doesn't want to fuck him, and uh-huh. it's Amber Heard, and she might want to fuck him. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like a deleted scene's in there somewhere. Yeah, like, every, like, and not just, like, giving him eyes just being like girls straight up saying like you could fuck me if you wanted let's fuck right now um fucking weird um, well, sort of the we were talking about what works with Nicolas cage and what doesn't like yeah. i feel like this kind of universe is where it's great that he sort of doesn't seem to question a lot of things yeah of like he's just acting like he would in this made-up universe where the rules don't make that much sense yeah and he's the most badass dude who ever lived he can still deliver the lines as if it makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um they they have their discussion and then uh then Nicolas cage ends up leaving um just as Amber Heard quits her job, and on the way home from work, her car breaks down. Um, so enter from the woods, Nicholas Cage, <laughs> and he says, "Like, oh, I can fix your car if you'll give me a ride as far as uh, Skeeter's Bluff or whatever. It doesn't matter what these towns. <laughs> these town names don't matter at all. Uh-huh. Um, they just made them up. There, there is no Willow Marsh or whatever the fuck in Louisiana. <laughs> MacGuffin Way. <laughs> <laughs> and yours was better." Um, <laughs> But and I love how he's like, I can fix that. And then he just reaches into the car and like <laughs> clicks something and then it's good. Um, I know 69 chargers like the back of my hand. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so they get a ride back to her, back to Amber Heard's place and he goes to use a payphone. She goes inside and finds the like fucking dollar store Stone Cold Steve Austin, her boyfriend, <laughs> um, fucking some chick uh-huh. who. The screenwriter. <laughs> that was the screenwriter? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's funny um but in like this this scene is really interesting to me because it's it's like it's showing this movie's relationship with cliches because for this scene to feel really cliche basically what amber heard does is she grabs the girl who's fucking her boyfriend by the hair and then throws her out Mm -hmm. um and in like the in the version of this scene that i don't like all of that's the same except the girl's clothed 
Uh-huh. And that then I'd be like, oh, look, you put you put her in a bra and panties, even though she's obviously having sex, because this is supposed to be the safe, sanitized TV version. But no, Amber Heard throws a fully <laughs> nude girl out in the street and then has some enormous man um, in an American flag shirt just show up and take cell phone pictures of this naked right. chick, which is creepy and weird. Uh-huh. Um, but also, A, would happen. Right. Um, I mean, maybe if not that guy, then someone. <laughs> um, and B, just like... Do you know what I mean? Like, it helps that scene weirdly feel more real. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, 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 and not just because I'm seeing boobs. Um, <laughs> maybe a little because I'm seeing boobs. Sure. Um, it doesn't hurt. But did you, how did you feel about that scene? Did, are you feeling the thing that I'm feeling? Yeah, I mean, I, I had interesting thoughts about sort of how this movie treats women in general. Yeah. Where it is by no means progressive, but it was that sort of interesting in between yeah. where like Amber Heard gets to be a real badass as long as she's saved by the biggest badass who has a dick. <laughs> like that was sort of the vibe I was getting from it. Or I mean, to be sort fair, of, it's not Nicolas Cage's fault he has a dick, right? Um, or the biggest dick. <laughs> no, but it just it, it. I feel like the movie was trying to have it both ways. That it definitely sort is. of sort of works and sort of doesn't it depending 100% on how you look at it have it both ways yeah yeah like so it, i guess that that sort of it was lumped into that with me of yeah as you're saying it's it's authentic and it's funny and it's not that it wouldn't happen i don't i don't know that it needs to populate movie screens these days it doesn't but, um i mean i'm fine with it in this movie um, right. it doesn't need to be in the the problem that we that that i think people now have with scenes like this or characters like amber heard who you know get beaten up by a guy um and then Nicolas Cage comes and save her, uh, saves her, as he does with all women who have <laughs> suffered from domestic abuse. Um, he can sense it. Um, I shouldn't joke about that. But, uh, like, the thing that we, the thing, the problem we have with scenes like this isn't that they're in this movie. It's that at that time and for the longest time, they were in every movie. Right. Like, we can have this. That's fine. But let's have other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, for one, certainly don't want to tell filmmakers what they can and can't put in their movies. Mm-hmm. I'm just... I want to say, hey, what if we also did this other stuff, too, though? <laughs> um, you know? And it's... It, it is... It, it's... The, the, whole, the whole construction of the scene is, like, definitely meant to ha- make sure people have their cake and eat it, too. Because, like, you know, uh, Amber Heard throws the naked girl out in the street, and then uh, her boyfriend puts pants on and comes outside and sees Amber Heard stealing his car uh-huh. and saying, like, you're an asshole, get out, I'm taking your car. And then he stops her, like, puts a hand on her and, like, tries to pull her away from the car. And then she turns around and decks him three times. <laughs> yeah. And then he punches her. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're we're rightfully supposed to feel like, oh, that's totally not cool, um, because then he like keeps beating on her. Right, but the right. movie wants her to get shots in. <laughs> the movie doesn't want her to be a shrinking violet, mm-hmm. um, and that that felt weird to me, man. Um, well, sort of when the when the dude's taking pictures of the naked girl, and then Amber Heard grabs the phone and throws it away. Yeah, like I feel like that's that's the trying to have it both ways. That yeah. feels like trying to slip in a permission slip at the end for yeah. like we know that it's weird too. We're just throwing it out there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still exploitation filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it is a little bit odd that, like, you know, we can go watch Switchblade Sisters or any number (laughs) of movies like that from the 70s and feel less comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I think I think maybe part of it is that we like you and I and a lot of other people feel watching something in 2011 that like we should know better by now. Right. Um, And you can go watch, you know, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill and be like, ah, you know, it was the 60s. Who who knew shit? (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, um, 
it is it is interesting the way the movie tries to have it both ways in terms of uh the gender politics of it um i feel like it largely succeeds like i'm mm-hmm. i'm never not having a good time with this movie yeah um and uh, apparently nicholas cage knows how to treat passed out women better than jimmy stewart because she wakes <laughs> up in the back seat with him driving yeah her not naked yeah <laughs> uh. and i think the first thing he says is you know uh something really like non-threatening like oh yeah you uh, you know um how far are you going um i'd be obliged to go this far with you right and then, right like Everything he says is like, I'm super grateful to have you. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course, later we find out that he's chosen her to be the mother of his granddaughter, uh-huh. um, which is weird. <laughs> so basically, uh, to get it out of the way now, the basic uh, gist of Nicolas Cage's mission is um, Nicolas Cage's daughter, uh, because he was a shitty father when he was alive, mm-hmm. he was a shitty father when he was alive, and then he got He's killed. not alive? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, Amber Heard figures this out a little late in the game, um, which we'll get there. But I, I, I buy it because it's not like if you met a stranger, your first thing would be like, oh, he's probably undead. Um, like that wouldn't be that high on the list. Right. <laughs> You'd have to rule a lot of shit out to get there. So I'm fine with her being a little slow in the uptake on that one. Um but yeah, like uh, when he was alive, he was a shitty guy. So and then he died and his daughter fell in with a cult run by a guy named Jonah King. Um, she tried to get out. Um, he wouldn't let her leave. Uh, she got pregnant. She had a daughter. Jonah King stole the daughter so he could sacrifice it to the Dark Lord Satan and killed Nicolas Cage's daughter. Mm-hmm. So now Nicolas Cage is trying to get his infant granddaughter back from an evil Bayou cult. That's yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> That's it. Um, and, also, and also Amber Heard was there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> and William Fickner is walking behind him. Mm. Yeah, so about this time, William Fickner shows up. <laughs> um, you, you tell us about William Fickner, because this, this is the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it would be kind of like... Maybe like an agent from The Matrix, just sort of like a eerily smooth, just walking out from nowhere, well-dressed person. <laughs> but he's so much more entertaining than Agent Smith. Yeah, and it's... He also similar, like... it. It's kind of halfway between, um, like, a Jedi mind trick of, like, he seems to have uh, supernatural powers over people, but can also, you know, turn a coin into a passport or into an FBI badge and uh, nothing else, it seems. I like how it's an old Roman coin, too. (laughs) Right. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, in in looking at, uh, like, the Wikipedia page and stuff, it sounds like that's the coin that, you know, they put on people's eyes uh, before sending them down into the River Styx or whatever. Cool. It was uh, a a Boondock Saints level of mythology going on. (laughs) Um, I like this movie a lot better than Boondock Saints. Um, And I've seen Boondock Saints way more because I was in college. Uh Uh, um, (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, so his character is called the accountant, mm-hmm. and yeah, so he's uh, just sort of trailing Nicolas Cage at first. We don't get a a real great idea about why, but it just sort of seems like you know, man trailing another man, as in any other movie ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I got the feeling from Go that like he was trying to get him back into hell. He's so good in Go. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Go. Uh, William Fickner's great in it. <laughs> really, I should I should I should watch Go. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get on that. Um, yeah, he's he's the best in this that I've ever seen him be in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he's so. He's just so... I, I don't have a word for it other than amazing. <laughs> um, I can't put a finger on exactly what makes his performance so good. He's supremely confident without ever looking like he's trying to be badass. He definitely knows how to dominate the screen where, like, uh, I, I would say a lot of people would remember him from Dark Knight. 
despite the fact that he's in it for like 90 seconds and yeah. dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does get shot in the face <laughs> by the Joker. Um, yeah, he's he's just an extremely accomplished character actor, and when you give him a meaty role like this, he'll run with it. You know, he's uh, guys guys like him and uh, Tom Atkins, who's going to show up later. Uh-huh. <laughs> like they they're they're under they're underserved, or you know, even dudes like Brian Dennehy, like cast these guys. They're mm-hmm. good actors. <laughs> you know who uh, Jim Beaver is. Uh, I think so. It wasn't he on Deadwood. Yeah, he was on Deadwood. He's also the guy in Breaking Bad who sells the gun to Walter White. He does White. the snub yeah. nose thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He, but he's he's a great character actor as well. But yeah. I feel like you can give him anything. And my favorite character actor of all time, mm-hmm. Garrett Dillahunt. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> who, speaking of which, played a Terminator in Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There was that oh, great, uh, there was that great battle scene set to when the man comes around in that motel um, <laughs> of just Garrett Dale Hunt as a Terminator just mowing down dudes, <laughs> and he was the the guy trailing another guy in Looper, wasn't he? Yes, <laughs> yes, he was <laughs> bringing it all around. Yeah, yeah. well done, episode <laughs> three or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, back to this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So they. So so Nicholas Cage and Amber Heard are now on the run. She's got nothing better going on in her life. She quit her job. Her boyfriend's an asshole who's about to be killed with a with a baseball bat by mm-hmm. uh, by uh, William Fickner. Yeah. Um, Which I guess we should say. Um, I, I don't remember if Nicholas Cage pulled out his shiny gun case with like you see it at the beginning but you don't know what's in it uh-huh yeah. um but what's in the case <laughs> <laughs> but uh william fickner i feel like is our first like full-on hint that we're in sort of like a really supernatural world yeah it's not like action movie supernatural it's demons and stuff yeah supernatural yeah if if they could be called demons right um, <laughs> i think they would take issue with that characterization <laughs> well i mean when the uh uh when judah king gets taken out he looks pretty demony. <laughs> he does look pretty demony. Yeah. Um, ugh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what's in the case? <laughs> it is a. Uh, is it still called a revolver if the barrel revolves? Gatling pistol. Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. It's uh, the Iron God Killer, Satan's personal gun. <laughs> Fuck yes! <laughs> it's metal. It is metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which he just walk in and took. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's one thing I really like about this movie is how it never explains how Nicolas Cage got out of hell. And the only explanation it gives for how he got the gun was he just walked in and took it. Like, because I don't want the scene of him breaking out. I don't want to know that hell isn't impregnable. I just want to know he got out. Fucking who cares? Like, right. We're over here now. And the idea of hell as more of a bureaucracy than a sure a sheer like misery machine is yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Um, <laughs> so uh, William Fickner goes and tries to interrogate uh, Dollar Store Stone Cold. And uh, doesn't really get much of anything out of him. Uh, flirty waitress uh, <laughs> helps at the uh, at the job, yeah, pointing him yeah. in the right direction. Uh, flirty waitress uh, kind of a little bit tries to fuck William Fickner too, uh-huh. uh, like a little. Um, and he kind of at the site of the uh, of of uh, the boyfriend's recent murder via baseball bat spike. Um, he recruits these two. Um, state troopers by saying like hey you'll get raises and promotions Uh if you help kill this guy um we're gonna kill him come on um and it does seem like he's kind of hypnotized him a little bit yeah yeah. so they set off hot on the trail of nicholas cage who who pulls into the bull by the balls saloon um now as as you listeners may know i i am from uh the south i'm from louisiana um and i can tell you that this is a not an accurate depiction of every place where i'm from but of (laughs) 
a number of them. Uh-huh. Um, these places exist. Sure. <laughs> um, they're definitely real. Uh, actually, when uh, when I was watching this last night, uh, my girlfriend uh, came into the room, looked at the screen, and went, can we go to a place like that when we, <laughs> when we visit your parents? And I was like, yes, honey, we can. Um, not hard. So we're going to go to a place like this over Christmas. You don't have to settle for Saddle Ranch on Sunset? <laughs> no. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> So uh, they they go in there and we see some sketchy looking dude tailing them in. They sit down. The waitress tries to fuck Nicolas Cage. And then Amber Heard decides uh, she's going to go to bed. And we see that again in a weird like the attempt at progressive gender politics, she's grabbed a waiter and taken him back to her hotel room. And he's naked while she's clothed and he's painting her toenails. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, uh, Amber Heard is a ball buster and a firecracker. Right. Um <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> a, vic- a woman is victimized on the other side of the wall. <laughs> uh, well, she's f- she's fucking Nicolas Cage while he <laughs> sits fully clothed with sunglasses on, drinking Jack Daniels and smoking a cigar. Well, I meant a few minutes later. But oh, you yeah. mean you mean when 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 the scene becomes the greatest sex scene ever filmed? <laughs> Um, yeah, they, uh, it's, it's, it's the best, uh, it's, it's the best sex scene that has ever been, been put in, uh, in a movie. Uh, did you know about this scene? Uh, I don't think so. I had heard this movie being brought up in relation to shoot 'em up. <laughs> so yeah. like kind of the second it started, I knew where it was going. <laughs> does, uh, does Clive Owen shoot a bunch of people while he fucks somebody and shoot him up? Yeah. And like, I, th- I think, <laughs> oh. I think this one probably, uh, it had a little bit more fun with the camera work and like slow mo and stuff. Yeah, I hate to give the edge to shoot him up, but uh, Monica Bellucci is the woman rolling around. Oh, that does sound so, better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I really this one was fun though. This one's great. Yeah. <laughs> so while so Nicholas Cage, this girl's riding his dick, and uh, we see that a whole <laughs> the bunch most of stoic lover imaginable, <laughs> and she's just digging on it, and he's doing nothing. He's is... stogie and sunglasses. And... Yeah, and a bottle of Jack in his hand, um, and like she's just riding him as he sits there uh d- not participating in the uh-huh. least but she but it appears like maybe less is more uh-huh. is the idea with her like i don't know everybody's different um but meanwhile a bunch of jonah king's guys have come to the motel and have figured out that nicholas cage is there and they need to stop him mm-hmm. so we get this my my favorite line in the whole movie <laughs> and i think you know the one i'm talking about when uh she says take it take your glasses off baby or something like that and he says stogie in his his mouth <laughs> i never disrobe before gunplay <laughs> and then dudes just start bursting in he does not stop fucking and murders all of them a lot of headshots yeah while gradually her screams of ecstasy as she realizes what's happening around her turn into screams of terror uh-huh. and i felt bad for her by the end um, but if you have to sacrifice one made-up fictional woman <laughs> to get the greatest uh, sex-slash-shoot-em-up scene of all time, that's fine. She's not real. Who gives a shit? I also enjoyed the physics of uh, shooting a man with a pistol and having enough power to blow his legs out from under him, shattering the window behind him yeah. and him landing face-first in the carpet. Yeah, that's how pistols work. <laughs> um, it's so cool. It's <laughs> awesome um meanwhile amber heard figures out what's going on and goes and gets a, a hoe um, to defend herself with because the only thing that would come off of the uh wall of the bar and that's how she saves his life by planting that hoe in the back of a guy's head uh-huh. um 
So they realize they need to leave. They make a hasty escape while killing the two state troopers. Um, Amber Heard does uh, yeah. kill them. That's fun. And also Nicolas Cage, in a nice moment of plant and payoff, gets shot in the gut. But weirdly, it's okay the next day. Mm. He's undead. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, at that point, then uh, my maybe my second favorite, definitely my second favorite character in the movie, Tom Atkins wearing the spoiler shirt shows up. <laughs> did you notice it was the spoiler shirt? I did. I couldn't read it, but I recognized it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tom Atkins uh, stars in a number of my favorite movies, uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, mm-hmm. um, Night of the Creeps. Um, which if you guys <laughs> that one I seen, do love. <laughs> yeah, Night of the Creeps is spectacular. I really wanted someone him to say "thrill me" at uh-huh. some point, but he does not say "thrill me." Um, so yeah, Nicolas Cage and uh, and Amber Heard escape just as the accountant sees them leaving, and they tail uh, a van that has the last remaining henchman in it, and it takes them to a church. A creepy church. Uh-huh. Um, where they go in and everybody's singing. Uh, uh, I was reminded of the Kill Bill Church. It does feel... It feels like the Kill Bill Church and also the Kingsman Church. I haven't seen that. Oh, you should watch Kingsman. It's real fun. Cool. Um, yeah, Colin Firth kills a bunch of people in a church. Nice. While Freebird plays. <laughs> nice. It's awesome. Um, yeah, it turns out Colin Firth can be a stone-cold badass. Nice. Um, Glad anyway. to hear it. Yeah, so uh, he goes in, and he's immediately captured, and it becomes clear that these are all Jonah King's Satanist buddies. And Jonah King uh, fucking shoots uh, Nicolas Cage in the face and also tells him that his cane is made out of J- Nicolas Cage's daughter's femur. <laughs> this, this this movie has such a foot in the Rodriguez-Tarantino-verse. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I read in the trivia section, because that's infallible, no yeah. doubt, on IMDb, uh, that... The getting shot in the eye sequence was the first reason Nicolas Cage agreed to do the movie. Because he wanted to do that on an earlier movie, and they had to cut it to get a PG-13. Get shot in the eye and then get up? I'm not sure if it was involving getting up, but definitely the getting shot in the eye part he wanted to do. (laughs) He seems pretty happy about it. Um, (laughs) It's like one of the few moments after he gets up when he breaks out of his uh, stoic badass uh, thing. (laughs) He smiles for a couple of moments. Um, yeah, so he, uh, they shoot him in the eye, they take Amber Heard, and they, they, uh, make off in a, uh, in a big old motorhome. And then Nicolas Cage gets up, and he murders a bunch of dudes, including a henchman who, I don't know if you noticed, had, like, the fakest looking toupee ever. (laughs) Yes. You know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't know if that was supposed to be, like, a character joke that he wore that or what. I don't know. I feel like it was one of those gags that sounded like a good idea on set. (laughs) Um. I mean, I'm fine with it, whatever. Um, but there's a dude with stupid fake hair, and he gets shot in the knees, um, <laughs> which leads to maybe my favorite William Fickner moment in the movie, when later the accountant shows up at the church and sees that that guy's alive, and he starts talking, talking to him, and he looks out and goes, whoa, those are <laughs> fucked. Um, like, that was before he jammed the pocket knife into it. Yes. <laughs> f- fucking it further. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So next up we have like a 15 minute long car chase. Just another example of like this movie just being real good at putting together an action sequence. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's the thing we talked about during Fury Road, man. Like action sequences where a- an action sequence should be set up like a board game in my opinion, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if it's going to be a big one. Like, you need to know where all the pieces are, and they need to move incrementally, Mm -hmm. Um, or else you're going to lose track of where everything is. Um, So it's got to be, you know, 
like within the motorhome, Amber Heard fights a couple of other people while Jonah King watches, uh, manages to get the better of them. Jonah King steps in. They have words. He decides to fist fight her. Um, they fist fight. Uh, then he tries to grab the gun after she gets the better of him. She jumps out the back and onto Nicolas Cage's car. Mm-hmm. Fucking got it. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, there's a couple of people chasing Nicolas Cage in two different cars. He managed to escape them. Also, while... <laughs> Uh, I love how he uh, drives around that pit in the plant um, and then shoots the driver of that oh. one car. So it goes into the pit just right in front of him as he lights a cigar or something cool. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. But like, do, you know what I mean? It wasn't that they're going off the ramp, pulling around, and then shooting the bottom of the car as it went over him. <laughs> oh, that also happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's one thing to come up, like, with with just, like, badass shit for cars and stuff to do. Like, we can do that. Um, you and I can sit here and just spitball different things a car could do that's awesome. <laughs> um, but, like, it's another to get those things to fit together in a way that's, that has a logic to it. Mm-hmm. And it only needs an internal logic, because everything in this scene is fucking ridiculous. And sort of having a geography that mm-hmm. works in a scene and representing it in a way that the audience can follow, yeah, I, I find is very difficult. Yeah, I mean, did you did you find these action sequences pretty pretty like easy to follow? Like, did you did you see that too? Uh, yeah, I thought even the the composition for three D I thought was interesting because yeah. it it felt like some further away shots because they wanted to get like the street sign in the foreground and then mm. running toward you. Yeah. So sort of maybe even the fact that they were filming it in three D would force you to put more thought into how it's all being presented. Yeah. And um, you know, it can become even more of a mess than a normal action sequence when it's in three yeah. D. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. And they. I, I I still it's my greatest failing that I've never seen this movie in 3D. Um <laughs> and I I might have to buy some whiskey buy some Japanese whiskey and come over to your house so we can watch it in 3D <laughs> and I might make you watch the, you're going to watch this a third time at some point. Sure. Um yeah, you'll 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 double feature this with, you know, fucking uh the transporter or something. I mean this movie is what like 70 minutes <laughs> something like it's that. It's actually an hour and 45. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean it, it goes by quick. Uh-huh. It's a breezy picture. Yeah. Um, but like that action sequence with the motorhome is like 15 minutes long, <laughs> but it does. I mean, I'm excited and, and stoked the entire time. Cause just awesome shit's happening. Right. Um, awesome shit that makes sense is happening. <laughs> so eventually now I do call bullshit on the action sequence ends with Amber Heard jumping out the back of the camper and onto the hood of, uh, Nicholas Cage's, uh, sh- uh, charger that he's driving, mm-hmm. um, or actually Amber Heard's charger that right. Nicholas Cage is driving. <laughs> um, and then she climbs in through the open windshield and into the seat. And Jonah King is like eight feet away from her and misses 12 times or something. <laughs> um, kind of like that's bullshit. I'm right. sorry. Like, you, you, we could have done better. Well, I remember it, it felt like an exposition shot of, like, hood and riddled with bullets and then, like, pulling off to the side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that it does have, like, a plot logic reason. Like, oh, yeah, he shot their car a bunch, so it I'm, probably doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm saying I noticed, too, <laughs> that it was like, yeah. ah, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, okay, fair enough. So they end up on the side of the road and uh, push their car off onto a country road where uh, Webster shows up, played by another great character actor whose name I always forget. You uh, know the guy I'm talking about. Uh, I'm sure we'll figure it out somehow. Yeah, he was he was in 12 Monkeys. <laughs> oh, uh, was he? Who was he in Yeah, movie? he was the fucking bad guy in 12 Monkeys, the bomber who spread the virus. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, I didn't until just now. <laughs> uh, 
But yep, 12 Monkeys guy saves him. David Morse. David Morse. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I like him a lot. Um, he's also the bad guy in The Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, which if uh, I really liked The Long Kiss Goodnight when I was 12. I haven't seen it since then. Um, I think I've seen that one. Oh, yeah. It's Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis in an action movie together. Hmm. And it's like one of Samuel... You know how like post-pulp fiction, the the, the jackson naissance sort of started? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because he had been around uh, before that um, as, like, the DJ and Do the Right Thing and shit like that. <laughs> true romance. <laughs> and true romance, yeah. Um, but he wasn't, like, who he is until uh, until Pulp Fiction really sure. broke him out. And then he started getting more conventional roles, like, uh, you know, fucking Long Kiss Goodnight, even Deep Blue Sea. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which is, speaking of Rennie Harlan, wow, he's been in two Rennie Harlan movies. That's weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's fun. And Dave Morse is good. And that's, we find out that David Morse uh, knew, he's the guy who finally solidifies for Amber Heard, like, yeah, this guy was dead. I carried his casket, uh-huh. and I don't know how he's back. And it only it only kind of hints at it, like, Nicolas Cage has one part where he talks about being dead, where he says, like, the thing that's worst about hell isn't the burning, it's the video feed. Mm-hmm. It's that they make you watch the terrible things that you did to everyone you loved. Um which probably only works on innately good people like Nicolas Cage, which makes me question why they ended up in hell. Um, right. But you don't want to break that down too much. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so they they basically have the classic action movie beginning of the third act, like, okay, it's time for us to make our final stand because Jonah King is going to sacrifice this baby to Satan tonight and mm-hmm. usher down Armageddon, um, and that's what they're up to. <laughs> the hourglass has been flipped. The X is on the map. Yes. <laughs> they just need to get there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they, uh, David Morse gives Nicolas Cage a Chevelle and says, like, okay, it's time to go. Um, and Nicolas Cage and Amber Heard ride off into the sunset. But then there's a giant roadblock on the highway. Well, David Morse wants to come with them. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then they have a mysterious dialogue off to the side of why yeah. it makes sense that he not come with them. Which doesn't really pay off that much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting David Morse to like show up at the end and be like, "Hey, I brought a rocket launcher or whatever," <laughs> um, or like be like a part of their plan. But he's not. Um, it turns out that the conversation was just like, "Hey, I'm going to need you to look after my daughter after I go back to hell." Well, I think they were just bridging the like. This was a test to see if you're a worthy uh, mother to my granddaughter, mm. and like. I I thought of it as like sense. let's throw a bone to the audience of like even in this movie it's kind of weird that she's riding into this with him and that no one else is helping. And... It totally is. <laughs> yep, that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she wants to help for fucking some reason because yeah. she's got to stay in the movie because like, she's never believed in anything before or something like that. Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> like it's you know it's it's fun enough that I don't really need her motivations to be that strong. Like this movie is two shades removed from someone playing with action figures. <laughs> pretty much at all times um, character arc hand waving here and yeah it's fine um we're not that's not why we bought the ticket seeing um, this did make me excited that that um is it called hardcore the first person shooter movie what oh that, that yeah like kickstarted short that's a full movie that's it's completed and showing at festivals now and yeah i i will not be seeing that because i don't like motion sickness ah uh. yeah <laughs> but yeah i've seen the trailer and it's yeah that sounds like it's gonna be fun yeah it's kind of cranky yeah, um, looks like a lot of throwing people across the room while shooting them three or four times in their arc, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. <laughs> Human auto skeet. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Uh, so they show up to this this abandoned prison that Jonah King and his cult. Oh no no no! There's a roadblock that Tom Atkins has put up <laughs> because damn it, these guys killed two state troopers. And when I tell you to aim for their tars, <laughs> I mean aim for their heads, <laughs> gentlemen. Aim for their tars. <laughs> And only like three callbacks in the next ten minutes to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. And they don't know what they're gonna do until um, William Fickner shows up, <laughs> singing "That's the way I like it." In another T two moment. Yeah, in another Terminator two <laughs> moment with a truck full of hydrogen um, that he skids and then steps out of onto the hood of an adjacent car in a just supremely badass moment while they're locked into a spiral yeah were you having a blast with this scene <laughs> he, he looked like he was having a yeah. good time i like that quite a bit yeah he's just hum- and i love how he sings along to that's the way i like it just kind of just a little to himself like this is my day <laughs> yeah it's fun um just and I liked how off screen he's apparently stitched up the scar. Oh, we forgot to mention that uh, that Nicholas Cage tries to shoot him with the God Killer, mm-hmm. this gun that if you get killed with it, uh, if you get shot with it, you don't go to heaven, you don't get to hell, you cease to exist, and it works on, as the name would suggest, uh, deities or supernatural beings as well, mm-hmm. like the accountant. And he tries to shoot him, grazes him, and even that's bad enough that it flips the accountant's car off a bridge, um, which <laughs> blows later... their court car door off. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> kick back. Yeah, and then leads to that awesome scene. Uh, <laughs> the stoners with the two these two stoners find the police car, and uh, then William Fickner kicks a door off and just nails that dude and doesn't kill him somehow. Um, and uh, they say Jesus, and he goes Carpenter, and despite what you've heard. Parcel to short hair. Um, I won't see you again until you're 73. You I'll see in three months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he ate this this part like a meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he never goes big with it. Right. You know? Like, he's, he's a good enough actor that he knows not to do that. He, and he just, he stays small. He stays businesslike. But the accountant himself seems like he's having fun, too. And so we're having fun with him. Um, like when he's just humming, that's the way I like it to himself. Uh, and then flipping that, skidding that hydrogen truck and just stepping out onto the hood of another car, adjusting his tie. He's just so good. And sort of the implication that, like sort of to explain it in a way that it would make sense inside the movie, it is sort of like hell isn't necessarily the, the single-minded torture chamber you would imagine. Yeah. And there it has agents acting inside it that have personalities and that the accountant's having a good time with this one. Yeah. And wouldn't mind if he broke out again. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, you'd imagine like he gets to not be in hell for a while. So that's right. probably pretty nice. Like even <laughs> if you're not being tortured in hell, it's probably not the best place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which kind of dovetails into that, that discussion when the accountant shows up at the prison later after they make it to the prison for the final confrontation. Um, that great talk he has with, uh, with Amber Heard and says, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, the devil is nothing more than a warden of a very large prison. He's a quiet man and he's well read. And, uh, he does not basically he says like, he hates it when people sacrifice infants in his name. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea. <laughs> like this is so creative and cool that like the, yes, the supernatural, cause in, in a lesser movie, the, the supernatural would exist and the, the Jonah King and everybody would be about to usher in Ar- Armageddon. But we know, thanks to the accountant, their plan's not going to work. <laughs> like, they're just going to kill a baby and nothing's going to happen. Right. Because the devil doesn't like Satanists. <laughs> um, like, 
and, and the more I think about it, the more there's so much to chew on in that idea. The idea that like he's if there if there really was a hell, someone would have to run it. And of course, a legend would spring up around that being. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, but you know, why? Why on the face of it would God entrust the the running of this prison for the damned to someone who's betrayed him? That doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. It makes sense that he just hire you know an upper min- middle management guy <laughs> and then put him in charge of it, and that guy would run the prison, and it would be fine. But then occasionally, because apparently you can, someone would get out and be like, "The devil, he's the devil." <laughs> um, yeah, like everything about it makes sense the more you think about it, and I love that. I was also glad the devil wasn't directly involved in the movie. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm stoked that Satan didn't show up. <laughs> See, he probably doesn't care much one way or another. Like the accountant seems very capable. <laughs> uh, you know, if this chase had gone on like five more days, he might have stepped in. Sure. But at this point, no, Fickner's got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, Fickner basically agrees, I'm going to help you because sacrificing infants is not cool. Um, and then you'll agree to come back to hell with me. And he's like, yeah, I'll come back to hell with you. Like, I got, like, I, I just want to do my thing. And they, uh, they do seem kind of like frenemies. Yeah. Where it's like, come on, tell me how you broke out. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh so the so jonah king goes on to have his big ceremony and jesse's is about to plunge this dagger into an infant's heart uh nicholas cage ramps through a wall <laughs> on a chevelle that th- that is then on fire uh-huh and then there's just five just glorious minutes of him just cutting donuts and shooting people in a flaming car. Car still on fire, yeah. Car, oh, that's the best. It was so cool. Just shooting. There's tons of naked chicks. They get shot too. They're Satanists. It's fine. Um, fuck them. They were cool with sacrificing an infant. They deserve to get shot. There's a there's a shot of him just crushing someone right after coming through that wall. It's oh my god. Yeah, yeah. There is. Yeah, he crushes people with the car too. Um, I guess when he. Also, when he ran down that woman at the end of the RV chase. Oh, yeah. Where she's screaming and firing the gun, and then he just plasters her. Oh, no, it was one of the other henchmen. Because he's shooting at Nicholas. She's shooting at Nicholas Cage as he's getting away. Oh, was it? And then another henchman just plows Uh, through her. (laughs) Life is cheap in this universe. Yeah. I just remembered someone was liquefied. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. She definitely was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he does that for a while until eventually, I forget exactly how they manage it, but they manage to get his car flipped over. Um, I think, mm-hmm. oh yeah, cause, uh, Jonah King reaches into an ice chest and there's beer and then another <laughs> ice chest and there's guns and he pulls out that giant ass Tommy shotgun and, uh, just blows the shit out of the car and flips it over. <laughs> Probably more realistic than most of the like gas tank shots and stuff. Yeah. That looked like it might explode if he shot at it. <laughs> oh yeah. It was a, it was a, it was, a, it was a big old gun. Um, so Nicholas Cage gets out and then, uh, Jonah King just starts wailing on him. Um, but not before uh, someone uh, shoots him and shoots Nicholas Cage in the back with a shotgun. So this is him getting beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. Um, so he gets shot. He gets beaten with his daughter's femur um, a whole bunch. <laughs> and then uh, Amber Heard shows up with the God Killer, shoots some rando and blows up a camper. Um, I wonder if that is that like the most brutal henchman takedown ever seen in a movie. Where, I mean, he like, ceased to exist. He doesn't get to go to heaven or hell. Just, just wiped out. Yeah, he's erased, um, <laughs> and it blew up a camper. Uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 fucking gnarly. It's pretty metal. Um, and uh, yeah, she Amber Heard gets beaten and taken out, and then the God Killer falls to the ground, and the villain keeps monologuing and monologuing. Finally, you know, finally Nicholas Cage gets a hold of the thing and uh, shoots Jonah King, and he flies up into the sky and gets like sucked into a vortex of non-being <laughs> or something, uh-huh. and like. I, I don't know. I just fucking watch this movie, guys. It's great. Um, watch it more than once. Um, In 3D, if possible. Yeah. Um, and that's that. Like, evil's defeated. His skull falls to the ground um, because uh, earlier Nicolas Cage said he would not drink another beer unless it was out of Jonah King's skull. So we know what's going to happen there. Uh-huh. That's called plant and payoff, everybody. I smell a tag. Yeah. <laughs> And he, uh, Nicholas Cage stays propped up and dying, and he explains to Amber Heard that this was all a test to see if she could take care of his daughter, or his granddaughter. And uh, she's cool with this, for some reason. Like, <laughs> fuck your goals, now you have a baby. Um, <laughs> and she goes off with Webster, who I guess is going to look out for them, which I hope means some kind of monetary assistance, because it doesn't seem like Amber Heard has a whole lot of like life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, she's not like trained in IT or anything. right? Um, so hopefully she's going to learn to be a mechanic, because that seems to be what Webster does to make ends meet. Um, or maybe he's just got a bunch of heist money stashed away. I don't fucking know. I mean, UFC seems like a viable thing now. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, And then we cut to kind of like a parallel afterlife world where where Nicolas Cage reveals that he like willingly went away because you can't kill a dead man. Uh And they get into that classic car, but Nicolas Cage (laughs) is driving and then they just drive back to hell. Yeah. And that's it. End of the movie. More guitar licks. <laughs> yeah, more crunchy, crunchy guitar riffs. And uh, that's that's Drive Angry, guys. <laughs> Quite an experience. It's awesome. It's so cool. I'm going to watch it again. Um, you going to watch it again? I'm sure at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, the first time I saw this, my first reaction was, and I, you're the first person I've been able to show it to um, mm-hmm. because we have this podcast. <laughs> I, I get to make you do that sometimes. Um, I knew I wanted to show this to everyone I knew. Um, because it just, it just scratches so many itches and yeah, it's kind of weird with its gender politics, but like no more weird than, you know, a Robert Rodriguez movie or a Tarantino movie. And if we're going to let them get away with that shit, we can let this get away with that shit. Right. Um, and just have some fun because, you know, Amber Heard does get to blow the shit out of a henchman and beat the shit out of her boyfriend (laughs) and, uh, and bury a hoe in a guy. Like, I think she acquits herself rather well as a heroine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so final thoughts. What, 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 what did you, th- what, what were your impressions over the course of your two viewings? <laughs> Other than like, I, I know you said like it didn't really change a whole lot, but did you see anything leaping out the second time? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they do lay a lot of fun groundwork. That's, yeah. that's fun to see once you have a better idea of sort of what's going on. Yeah. And, um, and they do sort of approaching it with William Fickner, like chasing him down, but not that hard. Like yeah. a lot of that stuff plays pretty funny. I think the second time through. Yeah. So I, I do think it's, it's a worthwhile watch, like even though it's sort of a, a second sugar rush. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as much of a meal as Fury Road is. Um, this is this Fury Road is like an amazingly well-made like steak and lobster dinner. <laughs> this is like a giant pile of candy. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what? Uh, yeah. So, your you, your your recommendation would be watch it, watch it more than once. Uh, yeah. I mean, I certainly, if you like it, I don't imagine you would finish it if uh, <laughs> you know if <laughs> if it's not your kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Cool. Cool. 
Um, yeah, so that's Drive Angry. Um, definitely worth, you know, it's a movie, it's the kind of movie that if you own it, um, you're gonna come back to it every six, eight months. Like, I could see myself, if I'm homesick, I'm probably gonna <laughs> want to watch Drive Angry. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It would definitely so, be a fun background uh, yeah. thing. So, uh, yeah, let's make all our friends watch it. Um, because you know our friends, and you know they'd love it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one one thing that was interesting, just as a final tag up on this, yeah. was uh, on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash reviews. Plug, plug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> friend of the show, uh, Kareem, posted an article oh, that yeah, he found. This, this yeah. is really fascinating. Yeah. Where the, uh, the screenwriter, it's just sort of a long article talking about um, his time in Hollywood and sort of disillusionment and yeah. uh, ultimate success in it. But the the screenwriter for this, and you mentioned Jason X. I mean, we covered a few of, of the things he did earlier. Yeah. Um, he basically ended up living in his car because it's really expensive to live in yeah. L.A. And writing is a temperamental enough profession that it's sort of you're doing fine or you have nothing to your name. Yeah, because unfortunately, like this, uh, critically, this was a pretty well-regarded movie. I remember uh, Roger Ebert saying he had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But it didn't do that well. It came out in like February. Yeah, I think he and, said uh, reading the reading this article. I think he said that like my bloody Valentine opened uh, six point one and was considered a bomb, and this opened like five point one a couple of years later. Yeah, yeah. So it certainly wasn't what they were hoping Which it would do. Sucks because I I don't think this movie was that expensive. It probably made its budget back. Mm-hmm. Um, if the guy had a better deal, he probably could have kept working. Right. Um, you know, just and it sounded like he had deals for various things in place. And a lot of this article is about sort of the unwritten. Yeah. You know, you're hot as long as you're producing, and it's amazing how quickly that can fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fickle business, guys. Yeah. Um, so that article is definitely worth checking out for anyone interested. Yeah, I mean, it's a damn shame because you know this in this this is a pretty decent sized budget car movie that's like completely original, mm-hmm. and you don't see a lot of those anymore. You know, in Hollywood remake land, um, like this, it's not based on anything. It's just an idea this guy had for a dude driving a car around um, and from a, hell, and in a time where it feels like it's it's going to eventually be problematic that most of our movie industry is propped up by 250 million dollar action movies like oh, yeah. seeing someone be able to do a i don't know what this costs but i, I would assume sub 50 million dollar action oh, yeah. movie yeah. yeah yeah no this uh, our our industry's top heavy um and it you know in my opinion looks a whole lot like uh hollywood did right before bonnie and clyde came out mm-hmm. and you know the 70s happened when everybody threw up their hands and were like okay get get the young people in here because you know for every avengers there's there's a john carter or a tomorrowland mm-hmm. um which can just sink a studio's year yeah you know i mean sure uh universal had a great year this year but like what if fast seven had bombed you know it it, it can happen and like you're putting all your chips on like 23 black or red <laughs> i don't know how roulette works uh-huh um well and now when it's sort of like here's our roadmap for the next eight years yeah oh that's ambitious yeah is one word for it <laughs> yeah like everybody i mean you you guys uh, everybody listening and i know you know that like <laughs> i am a huge champion of movies like this it's another reason i love it so much is i like movies that are made for 10 to or for like five to 35 million dollars and do their thing get in and get out because they're often very fun and when they're not you know like who cares you know Mm -hmm. like so legion sucked whatever (laughs) like i'm not gonna like carry that around the way i do the dark knight rises Uh (laughs) you know 
And when they're good, you get drive angry. And when they're bad, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Avatar effect of like, I would be so much less annoyed if they didn't spend so many years and tens of millions of dollars prepping for this and not having a second person read the script that's exactly like, it yeah yes <laughs> like when a when a small movie's shitty i understand why <laughs> but when when avatar is as bad as avatar is or man <laughs> of steel is as bad as man of steel is you're like you you had uh, thousands of people looking at this <laughs> and no one said anything yeah like at no point did did you guys steer this ocean liner in a different direction um so yeah Nimble, nimble little speedboats for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so that's it. So, um, yeah, what do you want to watch next time? So I guess with all this talk of uh, candy watching and yeah. low-budget fun and just making it work, uh, I thought a lot about uh, the Crank movies as yeah. I was watching this. Um, so I was thinking maybe that would be a, a fun tag-up to this of what can someone do in an even more frantic, like... We can get two really nice cameras or 40 mediocre cameras and break them if we want. <laughs> like, I love that filmmaking mentality. Yeah. So I think yeah. that will be a fun thing to explore, too. Okay. Have, have you seen both of them? I've only seen Crank 1. Okay. So you want to, uh, to watch Crank 1 second time? We can chat about I that. I mean, I'll watch both of them. Fuck it. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's less than three hours put together. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I've heard very good things about Crank Two. Oh, I mean, if you like Crank, Crank Two is like it knows it has to top it, and it tries to come up with some interesting ways. Yeah, because he spoiler alert for Crank guys, he falls out of helicopter at the end of Crank. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen in Crank Two. Um, I, I know it's called Crank Two High Voltage, and I think he keeps having to electrocute himself. I don't want to spoil it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that uh, Crank 2 picks up seconds after the end of Crank 1. Oh, my God. Like, doesn't skip a beat as if it's one scene. <laughs> I wonder if anyone online has cut the two together. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be very, very nice. It's like, I, I want to find, I think people have done this with the Evil Dead trilogy, because you know how, like, Evil Dead 2, the first 30 <laughs> minutes is just Evil Dead 1, uh -huh. and then e Army of Darkness, like, you could lop the very end of Evil Dead 2 off, and it would dovetail into Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to watch that. That's like... <laughs> you that would be a fun in, editing project. Yeah, you cut in on Evil Dead 2 just as Ash has become possessed. Uh -huh. um, like from Evil Dead 1 because Evil Dead 1 ends with the thing yeah, coming yeah, out of yeah. the woods and then you cut in on Possessed Ash flying through the woods at the, in Evil Dead 2 and then you go through there and then once he's sucked through the time portal you cut to Army of Darkness and watch <laughs> that um, you may have found the only thing less likely to be licensed than like Topher Grace's Star Wars cut. Like, yeah. Three <laughs> movies made by three companies. <laughs> we'll never agree on anything. Cool. So I'm going to watch a bunch of Crank in two weeks. Um, might do a bunch of Crank in two weeks. You know, just it to might kind help. of lend, lend to the experience. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, go watch Drive Angry um, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Go on the Facebook and tell us if you think we're wrong about stuff. Uh, argue with me on the internet. That's what the internet it's four. <laughs> As internet does. Yeah! Thanks, everybody. Bye.